from the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., this is Update One, the club's official podcast. It features newsworthy stories originating from the NPC facilities, as well as broader topics related to journalism, communications, press freedom, and transparency. I'm Adam Cano. During the week of June 18th, the world's aviation industry reconvened in France for the first time since 2019. The biennial Paris International Air Show, aviation's largest business-to-business event, is being held, as usual, at historic Le Bourget Airport, attracting tens of thousands of exhibitors and visitors, not to mention nearly 1,000 accredited journalists. On the eve of that event, my guest, Peter Bradfield, held the 11th annual Aerospace Media Dinner and Awards to recognize excellence in journalism across the industry. Peter, thanks for joining me once again. Hello. Before we talk about the news from this week's award ceremony, talk about what it's like to see people reconvene in Paris after a four-year hiatus. In a word, fantastic. Um, I think the anticipation for the Paris Air Show in particular has been so high, and uh, so many people are so pleased to be back. And as usual, there are one or two wrinkles, but... uh, I think everyone just feels it's great to be back in Paris. I'll say one of the wrinkles last night was a torrential downpour that took down trees and and everything else across Paris. Um, Where was this year's Aerospace Media Awards dinner held and how many people attended? Uh, It was held at the Air Club de France, just off Avenue Kleber, and the guest list was 205, but because of various flight delays, a terrific torrential thunderstorm, and tr- as Adams mentioned, trees falling down, uh, we were down about 20 guests, so we had about 185. How many award categories were there, and were there any new ones this year? Yeah, 22 award categories, and we had a couple of new award categories, for one for the best space submission, and then a really interesting one for the best advanced air mobility Air Mobility Submission, uh, which was kindly sponsored by Supernal. Advanced Air Mobility, so everything from uh, air taxis to hydrogen-powered aircraft, anything that's... Yeah, that's easy tolls, that, that kind of thing, exactly. So each category is sponsored by a major industry company. Uh, you, you alluded to one of them. What's the attraction for them and any newcomers this year? Yeah, well, in terms of newcomers, uh, TE Connectivity, Supernal and Embraer were kind enough to sponsor the networking reception. The attraction to them is the opportunity to host journalists, really high quality journalists, many of whom are finalists in the different award categories. So if you're a specialist company in something such as uh, EV toll and advanced air mobility, you must probably get to host some of the uh, top journalists in that all changing, ever fast paced field of innovative journalism. So most entrants are from the trade press, but you get a few submissions from mainstream media outlets as well. What uh, outlets might our listeners recognize? Yes, well, in in this year's awards, we had uh, entrants from the BBC, uh, Reuters, uh, Popular Science, and Popular Mechanics magazine. Among the recurring categories, who were some of the winners this year? Well, the first one that springs to my mind is, is Mark Pilling from Flight, um, Mark won the best propulsion submission for the second year in a row. Now, we've been around for 12 years and some of the journalists have you know, won um, awards in the past, but to win two back-to-back like that, that's quite unique. 
what do you think it means for the editors and reporters who are who are nominated, um, and, and and of course the ones that actually win the award in their categories? Mm. Well, I think the key thing is uh, recognition. Uh, that's the whole purpose of the awards to make sure that journalists are recognised for their work, and you'd be surprised where it pops up where whether it's on social media such as LinkedIn or video or something like this where someone suddenly sees a journalist getting an award and say, hey, that's that guy or that girl, and now I know who he is and, uh, or, or who she is. And uh, so, you know, it's, it helps raise their profile. I think quite significantly, excuse me, quite significantly. Um, so that, you know, makes a huge difference, particularly... Uh, amongst the younger ones that are just coming into the field uh, of aviation journalism, if they're finalists or if they're lucky enough to win, then um, you know their career could take off like a rocket. Beyond individual categories of journalistic excellence, you also recognize lifetime achievement. So who was noted uh, this year in that regard? Mm-hmm. For lifetime achievement, uh, we had two award winners, kindly sponsored by Lockheed Martin. Um, the first one was a posthumous award to Jerry Siebenmark and uh, Matt Thurber of AIN, his editor I believe, uh, came up and paid tribute to Jerry and so hopefully we can get that out there and Jerry's family can see uh, what was done. And the final Lifetime Achievement winner was Jacques Kai, an extremely well-known French journalist and editor, publisher, who, what was it, a 50-year career he's had, something like that. So. So that was the Lifetime Achievement side. I would also like to mention that um, our friends at Dassault Aviation always sponsor the Best Aviation Image Award, and this year they made a special award for uh, Katsuhiko Tonganaka uh, for Outstanding Achievement in Aviation Photography. You've attended Paris and other air shows for many years. What changes have you perceived in how journalism and public relations have functioned um, you know, here uh, in Paris and at similar events worldwide? Um, well, it depends on how far back I go, but obviously, um, you know, with advances in IT technology and advances in publishing and, and devices and wireless connection and everything else that comes along, everything is so much quicker than it used to be. Um, I could tell you some wonderful stories of people that used to try and produce a show daily in their bedroom and uh, try to get the hotel to print it off and things, developing photos in the bathroom. But that was, you know, a, a while ago. Now, um, something happens and it's online almost instantaneously. So, so things just speeded up so much, which I think puts even more pressure on not just the journalists, but also the communicators, because everybody wants it and they want it now. You have uh, a couple of events coming up and then a new one, which I'll ask about in a minute. But before then, you've got the Defense Media Awards uh, in October mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. at the National Press Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us about those awards? Oh, those awards have uh, done fantastically. We started in 2018. Um, we didn't really get hit too much by COVID because we, we had to do one of them. In 2020, we had to do that virtually, but we were able to get back to a live event in 2021. And last year, 2022, we had our biggest ever event. I think we had nearly 170 people at Defence Media Awards. And um, so we're hoping again for to keep growing and get more people there in October. If I can put in a little plug to say there's still time to get your nominations in, so all the 
defence journalists. They've got another couple of weeks to get, get nominating. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. And then you've got the uh, Asian uh, Aerospace Media Awards yeah. that are in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. Um, on the evening of day one of the Singapore Air Show, um, I feel that I really, really want to give our friends in Asia a, a fantastic event this year. Hopefully, we won't be under the shadow of any pandemics or anything, but um, the first one started in 2020 when COVID was just starting, uh, which did have an impact on people attending the show and it had an impact on our awards because many people didn't go. And the second one was held under the most challenging circumstances of restrictions in Singapore that um, we were limited to just 40 people in the room. And so this time, this time around, February 2024, I'm really hoping that we can give our Asian journalists and publishers, you know, an event to remember. And I understand you have an all-new event uh, debuting in spring of 2024 that's focused on general aviation, so not military or commercial aviation, but sort of more the grassroots of our industry. Exactly. It's called the Aeromedia Awards, and the reason it's called Aeromedia Awards is because it takes place at Aero Friedrichshafen in Germany when they are celebrating the 30th anniversary of their event, and um, we can do it on-site and it's a whole new sector of uh, aviation journalism that we haven't really recognised with these main media awards. And I want to do it like that because if we brought those categories on board to the aerospace media awards, we'd be in excess of 30 categories. And then it turns a bit into like the Oscars. So people keep looking at their watch and say, how many more awards? So we can section, section it like that so we can give those journalists um, some recognition. It would be particularly nice to be in Germany as well, hopefully get some more mid-European journalists and publications recognised, so that's the plan. Peter, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. Peter Bradfield is founder of the Aerospace Media Dinner and Awards. You can learn more at aerospacemediadinner.com and see all the winners from this week's event here in Paris. For Update One, I'm Adam Cano. You have been listening to Update One, the official podcast of the National Press Club, the world's leading professional organization for journalists and a vigorous advocate of press freedom worldwide. If you have any questions or comments about Update One, send an email to updateonepodcast at gmail.com.